0: what does god's voice sound like some years ago i was visiting a classroom and it's kind of always nice visiting the class and usually the teacher will give the students a chance to kind of have an open q a and one of the students i think he was in about grade three or grade four asked me this question what does god's voice sound like and i was kind of struck by that question so i kind of tried to get some clarity asked him a few questions asked him why he said that What does he mean by that and he was saying well i'm just curious you know does god have a deep voice is god's voice quiet is god's voice loud and he said our teacher taught us that we have to be careful in our life to listen to god's voice to know how god is calling us to live so in the end this student's question was a very good one a very profound one what does god's voice sound like now of course Maybe he's approaching it kind of in a a different way, or it can be looked at differently. But this question is so important for us. How can we hear God's voice in our life? How can we know what God is calling us to do? What does God's voice sound like? In the readings today, especially the first reading and the gospel, we see some answers to this very important question. And the first reading of the gospel kind of approach the question from different perspectives. So in the first reading, we heard about the call of Samuel. And in this call of Samuel, God's voice is at first a bit difficult to hear, but at the end, quite obvious. We hear that Samuel actually hears the voice of God in his life, God speaks to him. And of course, he wasn't sure who was speaking at first, so he got some advice, but at the end, found out that he just had to reply, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And oftentimes, I think we're looking or hoping that God will speak to us in this way. God will kind of speak directly to us, kind of pick up the phone and call us. We can hear God's voice in a very palpable way. Oftentimes, people will ask me, how did you know God was calling you to be a priest? And people are sometimes disappointed when they hear my answer because I kind of say, okay, it's kind of a bit complicated. And i got to go through a story and you know like i felt this desire here or i felt this call in my heart at this time but i wasn't sure i had doubts it took many years people don't really want to hear that sometimes i think or, or maybe they do but they expect that i heard god's call to be a priest in that way like i was kind of maybe praying one day and i heard god speak to me you you must become a priest but god doesn't quite work that way maybe some people have that experience of god or hear god's voice that way in their lives but certainly that wasn't my experience i kind of hoped it would be at times but god really never spoke to me in that way for this reason i find john's gospel so helpful today because in john's gospel from the first chapter of john john gives some very clear indications and practical indications i think for how god really speaks in our life for what god's voice sounds like when he speaks to us and calls us and we see i think a few different characteristics of the way god speaks to us in the gospel the first is that we find that god often speaks to us through other people god speaks through other people and oftentimes through different circumstances in our life so we have here in the gospel today the account of the call of saint peter but the call of saint peter in john's gospel is quite different so you're probably familiar with the synoptic gospels matthew mark and luke The way that Peter is called, and maybe you've seen it in paintings, where Peter is there by the shore in the Sea of Galilee fishing, and Jesus literally walks up beside Peter and says, "'You, come follow me. "'You're fishing for fish now. "'I'm gonna make you a fisher of people.'" Jesus actually speaks to Peter in the Synoptic Gospels and calls him, but you see here that John presents a bit of a different perspective. And I think St. John in his gospel is trying to basically indicate how we today hear Jesus' voice, you know, some many, many, many years after the death and resurrection of Christ. We see in the gospel today that John the Baptist bears witness to Jesus. And he starts kind of a chain reaction of events. So John the Baptist says, look, behold the Lamb of God. And then Andrew, the brother of Peter, goes and follows Jesus and then Andrew goes and tells Peter about Jesus. You kind of have this chain reaction of messengers. And this really is the way oftentimes we hear God's voice in our own life. How did we learn about Jesus? How did we learn about God? How did we learn about how, what it means to follow Jesus in our life? We learn, of course, oftentimes from family members, from friends, from mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, From our teachers, we learn from expiring individuals who communicate to us what it means to follow Jesus. God's voice speaks through other people oftentimes, and often also through different circumstances. Maybe we're reading scripture and some word really touches our heart. That can be God's voice speaking to us here and now. So in John's gospel, we see then that God speaks to us for sure, But John the evangelist tells us that God speaks through other people. As well in this gospel story, and I find this particularly helpful for myself, is that sometimes it takes time for us to comprehend what God is calling us to do. We might not get it right at the very, very beginning. And this, I think, is a consoling message. And we can see this in the way that Andrew interpreted who Jesus was after John the Baptist told him So John the Baptist again says, Behold the Lamb of God. And we hear this so frequently at Mass, right? After the consecration, the priest holds up the host. Behold the Lamb of God. We can become a bit familiar with it. But this word or phrase, Lamb of God, is so steeped um, in messages from the Old Testament. It goes back to, for example, the Passover lamb that we hear about in the book of Exodus This lamb whose blood is put on the doorposts that uh, saves the people from slavery in the end. This lamb of God harkens back also to the book of Leviticus where we hear about um, this scape lamb or scapegoat, where the priest confesses the sins of the people on this lamb or goat and sends it out into the wilderness carrying the sins of the people away. This lamb again also might remind people of the book of Isaiah of there's, in Isaiah, a mention made of this servant of God who suffers, who's led to his slaughter like a lamb, uh, and ultimately this servant who suffers, through his suffering brings about salvation for the people. When John the Baptist then identifies Jesus as the Lamb of God, all these images are called to mind. It's such a profound expression. John the Baptist is saying that Jesus is the Savior, the Messiah, the one who's coming to save the people from sin and death. This is the way that John the Baptist identified Jesus to Andrew. But did you hear what Andrew called Jesus when he went up to him? Andrew approaches Jesus and he says to him, Rabbi, teacher. So certainly a a kind of a term of respect, a title of respect, but not quite the same level that John the Baptist calls him to. When we too begin to follow Jesus, It can be a bit of a process, it's a journey. We have doubts along the way. We might not be sure about who Jesus is or what God is calling us to do, but we learn slowly but surely. And we see then towards the end of the gospel that Andrew later in talking to his brother Peter is able to call Jesus, not just a rabbi, but the Messiah, the one come to save his people. We then can take some time in our lives to hear the Word of God, to appreciate the message that God is calling us to, what God is asking us to do in our life. Finally, in John's Gospel, we find that we hear and better appreciate the Word of God in our own life when we follow Jesus, when we take steps to try to follow Christ. It is then that we learn about what God is calling us to do. Motion is so important in this Gospel that we heard. We hear at the very beginning that Andrew is standing beside John the Baptist. He's kind of just standing there and Jesus is on the move. Jesus is walking past them. And John the Baptist identifies Jesus. And what does Andrew do? He walks and he begins to follow and walk alongside Jesus. And it's on that journey in walking alongside Jesus, even when he has doubts, even when he's unsure about who Christ is, that he learns more about who Jesus is and the mission that Jesus has to do. We hear that Jesus tells him to come and see. This is such an important message for us in our own life. We all, when we follow Jesus, have doubts, we have concerns, we can struggle. But when we take those steps to follow Jesus, to pray, to live the kind of life that Christ calls us to, it is then that we can understand more and more the message Christ has for us when we learn in our life, or kind of train for different jobs. Some training can be more theoretical, right? We can be like learning chemistry or something like that. But some training, like a trade, is very practical. You learn how to be a carpenter with some theoretical knowledge, of course, a lot of theoretical knowledge, but a lot of training, a lot of practice. You go out into the field and learn by doing. It's this way as well when we follow Jesus. We learn by walking beside him. At this time of year, it's kind of like the award seasons for movies, so I get to mention what I think a movie that should have more awards, uh, but which is The Karate Kid. So maybe you've seen this movie before, many different versions have come out, but the story's always the same. We hear about Daniel or some other, kind of in the later ones, some other person who's trying to learn karate for self-defense. And Daniel comes across, of course, Mr. Miyagi, who's this master of karate, but Daniel doesn't quite buy it at first. So Daniel kind of has a glimmer of who Mr. Miyagi is, that he has something to offer, something to teach him. But at the beginning, he's a bit doubtful. But he takes that leap and enters into training with Mr. Miyagi. And as time goes on, he quite doesn't quite understand all the kind of practices that he's told to do, all the training he's told to do. He doesn't quite trust who Mr. Miyagi is. But as he continues to journey with him to learn, He discovers towards the end that he's developed all these great skills from Mr. Miyagi, and he's come to know Mr. Miyagi better, to recognize that he is a great teacher, not just in karate, but someone who supports him in life. Following Jesus is much the same for us. We learn who Jesus is by taking that leap to follow him, even when we have doubts, even when we are uncertain. So then, what does God's voice sound like? How can we hear God's voice? This of course is a great mystery for all of us, but we can be certain that Jesus, that God is always speaking to us, and John's gospel gives us some tips for how to hear it. We should be aware that Jesus speaks to us through other people. We should also be aware that at times we might not fully understand what God is saying to us, but the important thing we see in this gospel is to move, to start following Jesus, not just to stay standing, metaphorically, of course, kind of standing in ourselves when we have doubts, but to take steps to follow Jesus. When we doubt, we should continue to pray. When it's hard to forgive, hard to follow Christ, to show kindness, we should continue to do so. We see in the end in John's Gospel that it is in following Christ that we learn and develop, and find our true peace and joy when we follow Christ, the Lamb of God.